0: Very happy Monday to you all. Plenty to get you ahead on this episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast. A busy weekend in BYU sports. We'll catch you up on everything you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Monday. We'll also continue our look back to the BYU record books and just BYU football history with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown, looking at 1983 and Steve Young's final season at the helm of the BYU offense. We'll also talk about our position group previews. We begin them today with a look at all. All the position groups ahead of fall camp for the BYU football program. So a busy, busy show ahead for all of you listening. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over the Locked On College Football Channel, in particular the five conference shows they have. Whether you have an interest in the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, or the Pac-12, they have a Locked On podcast just for you. Download it wherever you get your podcasts just like this one. All right, without further ado here on a Monday, let's fire away. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 12th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I, of course, work for the Zone Sports Network in my day job. Some of you may better know me as Yawk on the Zone Sports Network, executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning if you guys listen to such things on your commutes, whatever it might be. But a big thank you once again for your support of this podcast. As always, we are your only daily BYU podcast out there. I can say that confidently because I listen to all the other BYU podcasts. So there's there you go. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a reminder for you guys as we kick off the week here, trying to get back onto the trade of you guys leaving us ratings and reviews. We've seen a number of ratings come in, but I love getting your guys' feedback on the show. So if you leave us a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, make it five stars. Please do that. But in addition to that, leave us a sentence or two, or however much you want, of what you like about the show, what you suggest we improve, all that stuff. And if you want to do that via email, you can do that as well. Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address. Alright, getting going here on a Monday. We are talking BYU football, and in particular, as we get ready for fall camp, position group previews. And that's what we're going to be doing throughout today's show, talking about the quarterbacks. I threw it out on Twitter yesterday on the Locked On Cougars feed and said, okay, here are four position groups we can start off with tomorrow. You guys will make the determination of which one we start off with. Well, predictably, and I regretted even putting it on the four because I figured it was going to win, but... You know what? quarterbacks is a great place to start. Now, the reason why I think quarterback this year in particular for BYU holds so much intrigue is because we have a true three-way battle for the job to replace Zach Wilson at the helm of the BYU offense. Obviously, Wilson was absolutely marvelous in 2020. There's no doubt about that. When he became the number two overall pick in the NFL, it's just a marvelous season. It's the highest pick the BYU football has had in their history when it comes to the NFL draft. Zach is well positioned now to go and make plenty of money at the NFL level. And the hope is that he has a long and successful career in the NFL. But now BYU has to find his replacement and enter the three main contenders for BYU. And there's a fourth who is sitting back of the pace right now. Kalani Sitake, as well as Aaron Roderick, kind of laid out that Solje Mayava Peters, he is currently sitting behind the other three contenders. But there's no reason to think as he continues to develop throughout his career that he couldn't be a decent player that ends up being a contributing member of the BYU football program. But as it stands, there are three members of this position group who are battling for the starting job. Let's name them. You probably can name them yourselves. Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover they constitute the three men who will have the opportunity the three young men I guess is what we should say that have the opportunity now to replace Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback for BYU all three of them bring different skill sets but one thing I can say about all three of them is I'm confident that whoever wins the job is going to be set up to have plenty of success what I mean by that is is the supporting cast around them Sands may be the offensive line in some people's Eyes, should be as strong, if not stronger, than what Zach Wilson had around him in 2020. You think about it, the wide receiving core, yes, you lose Dax Milne, but then you add two Nakua brothers, speaking of Samson and Puka. Puka, in my opinion, is the best prep receiver to ever come out of the Utah high school ranks. If he realizes his potential, you've got a potential NFL player on your hands. Samson is no slouch in his own right, so those two, in my opinion, more than make up for the lost production of a guy like Dax Milne. You also have the return of guys like Gunnar Romney as well as Neil Pauw at wide receiver. You've got a potential All-American at tight end and Isaac Rex and plenty of other tight ends on that roster who are plenty talented. The running backs, you got a two-headed monster leading the way with both Hinckley, not Hinckley, Ropati. (laughs) Hinckley should be in the mix, I think, this year. But I'm speaking of Tyler Algier as well as Lopini Katoa. So the supporting cast, the weapons around these quarterbacks are going to be very deep. Now, here's what I think of the quarterbacks quarterbacks themselves. Jaron Hall, A-plus arm. A guy who's got the arm that's as big as Zach Wilson's was a year ago, has the ability to make every throw. He has an athleticism element to him that I think is going to make him very dangerous for the BYU football program as well, as evidenced from his... Small sample size we saw against both USF as well as Utah State in 2019. He's got plenty of athleticism, plenty of speed, the ability to run when needed. Now, what do you get from Baylor Romney? Maybe not quite as strong of an arm as either Hall or Conover, but a guy who gets the ball where it needs to be when it needs to be there. Also, a great athletic quarterback. Baylor, I think it's a knocked because he doesn't look like the most athletic kid out there. I'm telling you dude can scoot dude can make plays with his feet and that would be something he would be able to bring to the field maybe more of a true I don't know in a way a dual threat look as compared to maybe what a Jaron Hall or a Jacob Conover would prefer to do speaking of Baylor Romney I really like Baylor's skills. Maybe not the most polished of the three quarterbacks in terms of his overall skill set. Doesn't necessarily do something, I guess, at an A-plus level. Okay, maybe an A-level. But all of his skills are more than enough to make him the guy for the BYU football program. Now, that brings us to Jacob Conover. Kind of the unknown in this because we've never seen him actually on the field for the BYU football program. And what I know about Jacob Conover and talking with people around the program is he has an it factor to him this is a guy who went to the best high school program in arizona bar none chandler high school and won three straight state titles this kid knows what he's doing he had offers from all over the country the likes of alabama had interest in him at one point during his high school career this kid can get it done the one thing i think he has on the other two quarterbacks is his arm strength we're talking this kid has a howitzer based on what i have heard Obviously, we'll see if the hype matches the substance when we finally see him on the field, whenever that might be. But I still think he has got more than enough ability to win this job, plain and simple. I really think he could win the starting quarterback job as a true freshman. And I know true freshman is a loose term. He'd be a COVID true freshman, I guess is what we'd term it. So... Those three guys are going to battle for that job, and I expect it to be a very spirited battle. How long do I think it will last? Probably the first two weeks of camp is what it'll ultimately turn into. I think after the first two weeks, whoever is the odd man out, the kind of number three in the three man race, he'll be told by the coaches, okay, you're being put into a backup role here. And then the other two will duke it out probably for another week or so, and then ultimately, the starting quarterback will be decided on probably 10 days out from the opener against Arizona down there in Las Vegas. That's kind of how I th- envision things will go. I'm sure the coaching staff would say something similar if you were to get them truth serum and have them really lay things out. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from J Maiava-Peters. He is the true athlete, the true, I guess, uh Wild card in all of this. As I mentioned, Baylor Romney maybe brings a little more of a dual-threat look to BYU. Well, Soljay Maiava-Peters is the true dual-threat quarterback of the four on the roster currently for BYU. You're probably saying, well, there's other guys on the roster, Jake. Well, Jake Jensen, a freshman from Pleasant Grove High School, is a preferred walk-on. He played at BYU during the spring, then transferred to a junior college in Southern California. Actually performed well enough, he recently got an offer from Cal, a very talented player in his own right, and Rhett Riley recently entered the NCAA transfer portal as well, so As it stands, BYU only has the four quarterbacks entering fall camp. I would imagine at least one, maybe two, will be added to that position group as walk-on players, and they will be part of the unit, but don't expect them to challenge for any serious time because you've got four very, very good prospects in front of them. But I think the good news is, is the quarterback position, in my opinion, is in very good hands. Honestly, I do think that there is going to be great options for all of BYU's coaching staff to make an evaluation of these guys and be able to determine, okay, this is the guy who gives us the best chance to win, the best chance to, I guess, build on that 2020 breakthrough season and be the team that they hope to be this year. I really really like all three quarterbacks. I think all three of them understand the situation they find themselves in. None of them are shying away from the battle. They all believe in themselves. And that's something you have to have as a quarterback because this is a position for alphas, plain and simple. It is a position that you have to be an alpha male and have the utmost uh, confidence in yourself. And at times that's a border on cockiness, plain and simple. You have to believe you are the baddest, you know what out there on the field and go out and prove it every single day because there are a lot of people who want to take you down from the opposing team there are a lot of other people who wants to tear you down on social media etc you have to be able to avoid all of that that is the key so we'll have some fun with this throughout these position group previews talking about such positions like frodo like defensive end opposite end running back x receiver y receiver what to make of offensive center we're going to go through each of these position groups in the little over i think three or four weeks here until we have a fall camp we'll have some fun with it we'll have plenty of discussion and and let you guys determine where we go on some of these on social media as well. But that quarterback battle, folks, I really think it holds a lot of intrigue. And you're probably wondering, well, who do you think is going to win it, Jake? I've been a broken record all along. If Jaron Hall is right, he will be the guy, in my opinion, to replace Zach Wilson. But that's a big question mark. Will he be able to be, hold up, be healthy, stay healthy, and be the guy? We'll find out. If not, I think the number two guy in this race will end up being Jacob Conover. But let's just say as the season progresses, I think Conover's chances of winning the job or taking over the job get higher and higher. Something against Baylor Romney. Let me be clear about that. Baylor Romney has got plenty of ability, but obviously the old adage is, is if you have two players of the same ability, go with the one who has more time on his side. I know that Baylor Romney is technically only a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken, this year. But you have a true freshman. He's a redshirt sophomore, I guess technically, but you have a true freshman battling him if they're equal. Well, the old adage, as I mentioned, is you go with Conover, but I do think Jaron Hall is the guy if he's healthy, and we'll see how things play out in fall camp. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll continue looking back on BYU football history. Our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown begins with a look back at night, and not begins, it continues with a look back at 1983. Steve Young, one of those alphas, one of those great quarterbacks in BYU history, what did he have for his senior year? We'll talk. About that ahead in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Made in Cookware. They are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, mean that sincerely, guys. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? Well, they have the best kitchen tools available to them, and that's what Made in is trying to do for you in your home kitchen. They recently sent me one of their chef's knives, and folks. I have been cooking a lot more outdoors on my Blackstone, my Traeger. None of those are sponsors, by the way. I cook outdoors a lot during the summer. I have a lot of fun with it. And this chef's knife has made my prep work very, very simple. I love what it's all about when it comes to Maiden. Their cookware is top of the line as well. They do a phenomenal job, guys, with everything that they make. Maiden produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. I will admit, I have not been a guy who has loved to cook for many portions of my life I'd say probably the vast majority of it but recently I've been getting more and more into it and made in has been a big part of helping me have confidence when I'm making food. They're made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes evenly can even easily go from the stovetop to the oven and their knives like I have experienced are fully forged perfectly balanced and stay sharp. Check them out guys right now made in is offering all of our listeners here on locked on Cougars 15% off your first order with the promo code locked on. This is the best discount available anywhere online for made in products go to made in locked on check out all they have to offer and make sure you use that promo code locked on for that 15 percent off your first order once again that's made com locked on using the promo code locked on that's made in cookware and knives check them out it's kubota orange day shop the years best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles All right, my friends, when we left you guys on Friday, obviously, we, took, we were talking about the 1982 season for BYU. and It was one quote-unquote down year for the Cougars, if you will consider it a down year, in the run that BYU had from 1979 to 1984, capping off a five-year stint where they were among the best in the entire country in football, obviously capped off by that national title in 1984, which we will talk about tomorrow. 1983, though, is one of the seasons that is much debated about Uh, for one game and one game only, and that was BYU season opener on September 10th. BYU went to Baylor in 1983, held a 36-33 lead, but Baylor drove the length of the field late in the game and upset the Cougars 40-36. One of those games that you will forever look back on and wonder, okay, what if, what if BYU holds on to win that game? What might have happened? Because what followed that loss against Baylor was a lot of winning. BYU beats Bowling Green in their home opener, 63-28 to the following week. Then goes to Air Force the following week and wins 46-28. to Then they went to UCLA in one of the great upsets in BYU history, one of the great wins, I guess, if you will. They go to UCLA and beat the Bruins 37-35. to And this is not the UCLA of modern era this is a UCLA team that was really really good. They went to the Rose Bowl and won that game in Pasadena. Then they enter the national rankings the following week as they face off against Wyoming in War Memorial Stadium. As the number 20 team in the country, they pummel the Cowboys 41-10. So if you're keeping track at home, they're now 4-1 and entering mid-October. They host New Mexico the following week, ranked number 20 once again, smash the Lobos 66-21. to Then go to San Diego State at Jack Murphy Stadium, clobber the Aztecs as the number 18 team in the country, 47-12. Then their closest game of the season outside the loss to Baylor, BYU hosts Utah State for the Beehive Boot in Cougar Stadium in Provo, wins that game 38-34. That really got them rolling then as they entered November. They went to UTEP on November 5th as the number 12 team in the country, went to the Sun Bowl, won that game 31-9, then crushed Colorado State 24-6, and then saved their best for last, if you will, as they absolutely smoked Utah, 55 to 7 in Cougar Stadium is the number 9 team in the country. The highest they reached in the season was number 8 on November 12th when they faced off against Colorado State. They dropped to number 9, dipped to number 9 on November 19th and finished the regular season with a tidy record of 10 and 1. What might have happened? They were the number nine team at the end of the season had they beaten Baylor to start the year. What could have happened? Could be what you have been potential back to back national champions. That'll always be debated, I think, for BYU fans. But as it stood, they went once again to the Holiday Bowl as the WAC champions in Lavelle Edwards' 12th season. They were 10 and 1, ranked number 9, as they faced off against the Missouri Tigers there at Jack Murphy Stadium, their second trip to San Diego that season. And this game featured one of the craziest plays in BYU football history. A halfback pass to Steve Young seals the victory for the Cougars over the Tigers, 21-17. As uh, Eddie Stinnett who passed the ball. And by the way, if you have watched that play, or if you haven't, I would encourage you guys to go back and look at it on YouTube. The defensive player, I don't remember what the defensive player's name was, that went up to try and bat that ball, missed it by just fractions of an inch. He nearly... uh, knocked that pass down or batted it or affected it but nonetheless he gets to Steve Young he rumbles into the end zone doing a wild crazy man dance and BYU is dancing once again at the Holiday Bowl with an 11-1 overall record the Cougars on the season finished number seven in both the national polls both coaches and the Associated Press but like I mentioned what might have happened had they been 12-0? And obviously, we're going to talk about a 12-0 team tomorrow when we talk about the 1984 National Championship squad. But it's one of those things. Could BYU have gone 1983 and 1984 completely undefeated? And what might have happened had they done that? I don't know, and I obviously will have my thoughts about that. I truly think they could have been a team that could have challenged for two straight national titles. They were knocking on the doorstep seemingly, like I said, for five years there. What could have happened? two straight undefeated seasons. But we'll talk about 1984 tomorrow. Uh, one note on 1982 before we wrap up this portion of BYU football history is that our good friend Ian Prescott, Jan Sport on BYU, on Twitter, Jansport BYU if I'm not mistaken, Ian, uh, he mentioned to me something I failed to note on the Friday edition of the podcast is that 1982 when BYU took on Air Force to open up their home slated games in 1982, that was the first season that Cougar Stadium, or what we call Lavelle Edge. Edwards Stadium now was expanded to the capacity that could hold 65,000 fans. Before that, I think it had a grand total of I think 30 or maybe 35,000. They added a north and south end zone stands and that and boosted the capacity to what we now know as Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Almost that true bowl look. It has the four distinct sides, but it's closing in pretty close to being a bowl. Let's be honest about it. And There are many of you who say that it should be enclosed to be a bowl, but nonetheless that was 1982 and something I failed to note on Friday's podcast. It was in my notes. Ian uh, caught me on it and appreciate you reaching out, Ian, and letting me know, hey, you forgot to mention this. i absolutely should have mentioned it. A couple of the notes about 1983 before we go here include Steve Young obviously uh, being an absolute stud. He had 3,902 yards passing that season. A grand total of 33 touchdowns against 10 interceptions. He ended up as BYU's third leading rusher with 444 rushing yards on the season and 8 touchdowns of his own right. Eddie Stinnett who did pass that touchdown pass back to him was BYU's second leading rusher on the season with 475 yards and 8 touchdowns of his own. Casey Amalu was BYU's leading rusher with a healthy 839 yards. That's kind of the myth about BYU's offense, by the way. During this era, that all they do is pass the ball. They had nearly thousand-yard rushers it felt like every year. If you look at the stats, it's just I think it was kind of a misnomer that BYU was a pass-at-all-cost type of an offense. But nonetheless, one of those great seasons of BYU history and also one of those great what-ifs. What if they'd beaten Baylor? And we're going to talk about another great what-if. What if BYU had not lost to UTEP in 1985 that we found out obviously was aided by some, uh, should we say shenanigans? By the UTEP coaching staff and UTEP staff that we'll get to in a future episode later this week as well. But some crazy, crazy times if you're a BYU football fan thinking back on 1983 and one of those great seasons that just marred by one loss. And that's the crazy thing about this is BYU, folks, in this era, was not far away from going undefeated multiple times in a season. Just to think, had they been able to avoid major snafus or upsets at the hands of certain opponents, what could have been for BYU in this era? Could they have been an even bigger I know, bigger fish in the pond they were already swimming in. Who knows? But absolutely crazy to think about. One of those things that you'll always okay say, well, what if this? What if that? That's one of the great things about college football is it lends itself to a lot of what-ifs. And sports in general always have what-ifs. And this BYU football era is absolutely one of them but I think overall a great season there's no doubt about that you go 11 and one you celebrate it and as we'll find out tomorrow you get to celebrate it all win it all when you talk about the 1984 BYU football program and looking forward to talking about that tomorrow right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast all right coming up next though we will wrap up today's show catch you up on a busy weekend full of BYU news and notes we'll get to all of that in mere moments today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bilt Bar guys I hope you took advantage of the sale last week for the grasshopper cookie flavor. It is now no longer available if I'm not mistaken. If it still is, it's only going to be up there for mere moments it feels like on Built.com. But the best part is Built Bar does not stop. They're always adding new flavors and they also have delicious flavors that are kind of their mainstays. They have nine delicious base flavors you guys can take advantage of such as Cherry barcia, which is a personal favorite of mine. I have actually recently placed another order for Cherry barcia in addition to Grasshopper Cookie. Both of them came to me last week and I am as happy as a lemon out there when I'm eating these built Bars. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. They are the best tasting protein bars, but also the healthiest protein bars I've ever had as well. They pack between 17 and 18 grams of protein. The calorie ranges are 130 to 180 calories. Low sugar, low net carbs. 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Guys, they are healthy for you, and they're the perfect complement for wherever you might be in your health journey. And I saw yesterday, I got an email from them see they're currently offering free coolers that you can actually keep your built bars from melting or whatever with every purchase. So take advantage of that now as well. Get to built.com while you're there use our special promo code Locked15 L O C K E D L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your next order. It's a great way to enjoy the best tasting protein bars. We need to save some money on them. Take advantage of it now that's built.com promo code Locked15 for 15% off your order and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar are. All right, folks, before we go here on a Monday, let's catch you guys up on some other news and notes involving BYU Athletics. Let's start off with one coming from our good friends over at Vanquish the Foe, Robbie McCombs, doing a bang-up job over there. Obviously, there is that game out there that BYU is owed a game against Notre Dame. It's supposed to be a home game, but as I have stated on this podcast previously and something that Robbie is talking about here, why not approach Notre Dame and say, hey, we'll play a game, that home game, quote-unquote, in Las Vegas. I think it'd be very much something that would benefit both. Both programs, speaking of the Fighting Irish as well as the Cougars. Well, according to Rob, he says multiple sources have told Vanquish Savoy that BYU has approached Notre Dame about playing a game in Las Vegas in 2022 at Allegiant Stadium. I think Allegiant Stadium should be part of BYU's routine every year. Get a big name opponent, get them to Vegas, and play them there. BYU fans will travel in droves to that game as we're seeing right now with the Arizona opener this year. I think it should be a Fixture on BYU schedule that they have at least one game down there at Allegiant Stadium each season. My personal opinion on that, but I think it would be a great way to get some big name opponents that won't travel to Provo to get them to play you because we all know that Las Vegas apparently is Provo South when it comes to BYU football. Uh, one thing about this is that both teams currently have eleven games contracted for twenty twenty two. One potential hiccup is, though, I know that Notre Dame has that five-game scheduling arrangement with the ACC. They currently have only have four of those games scheduled for 2022. So, that could be a roadblock there, but BYU, push them as fast as you can and see if you can get them to respond to it. Tom Homo did make comments at BYU Media Day saying that BYU felt confident they would get that game contracted with Notre Dame at some point in the relatively near future. We'll find out. The good news coming uh, from Vanquish not stop there. Uh, Robbie by the way has been absolutely lights out when it, talking about BYU basketball recruiting, especially when it comes to the transfer portal currently. Uh, Seneca Knight, the San Jose State slash LSU transfer, who is in the portal, has announced there are actually told BYU reporters like Robbie that he will be visiting BYU later this week, sometime between July 15th and the 17th to check out Provo, check out the campus this would be an ideal pickup for BYU for their final addition for the roster for this upcoming season. Seneca Knight is a six-foot-seven swingman. A guy who can very much defend three or four positions on the court. A guy who doesn't necessarily shoot the three at a high clip but also has not been given a lot of opportunities to shoot that three, I feel like. But he was a third-team All-Mountain West Conference honoree during his time as a San Jose State Spartan. He transferred to LSU, never played for the Tigers, and is officially, quote-unquote, transfer from the Tigers, but all All of this collegiate action has come playing in the Mountain West Conference for San Jose State. I think this would be a phenomenal pickup and I hope that BYU is able to land a guy like Seneca Knight. I think it would be a fantastic and like I said, the perfect pickup for BYU to round out their roster going into this upcoming season alongside T. John Lucas. I think it would make very much BYU's guard line and wing defense that much better going into the upcoming campaign. All right, one final note for you guys. Actually, two, excuse me. If you want to travel the season Zach Wilson play this season, especially in his first start ever against the Carolina Panthers? Well, his uncle decided to help you guys out. The weekend of Wilson, uh, JetBlue founder David Nealman has scheduled a charter flight, which will allow you to see the BYU-Utah game on September 11th, then fly to Carolina to face, uh, to, not to face, to watch Zach Wilson and the New York Jets when they open up their season against the Carolina Panthers that Sunday it's a charter flight and you can get it with your family and friends I still think there are tickets available I think the website is actually pretty simple if you guys want to go check that out it's gonna be interesting Uh, it's a charter flight to and from Carolina so it takes uh, a lot of the guest work in terms of traveling and trying to make sure you're there before the game Go to thewilsonweekend.com, sign up, and the detailed itinerary on when you'll be going, etc., are all available there. About half of the spots as of Friday afternoon have been claimed, according to Neilman. Tickets are non refundable, but maybe transferred to another person up to a week prior to boarding. So check it out, guys. If you're trying to find a way and you got some cash to burn, might be a good way to do it. Because charter flights, folks, are absolutely incredible. I absolutely think it's the perfect way to do this if you're going to do it. Get that charter flight to and from Carolina and see both BYU-Utah and the Holy War, as well as Zach Wilson taking on Carolina in his first start for the New York Jets. Alright, finally, one note for you guys before we go is the BYU's FPI, their chances this coming season have been upgraded by ESPN. We'll talk more about this in depth as the week progresses, but apparently the calculations were done wrong. Some data, etc. had issues with it when it came to making those predictions. Had BYU sitting between 6 and 7 wins. Well apparently now they're expected maybe wait win eight or nine games according to ESPN's FPI. We'll explain more about this. We don't have as much time on today's show. We're already over time technically. So we will talk more about this as the week progresses. But the good news is ESPN apparently thinks higher of BYU than originally thought and we'll have the data explain that later on in the podcast probably get that actually on tomorrow's show if not I'm thinking about it talk about that so there you go a little tease ahead to tomorrow talking about 1984 continuing our position group previews and also ESPN FPI rankings and whatever else might pipe up on the radar over the next 24 hours we'll have it all covered for you guys like we do right here every single day on Locked On Cougars hope you guys have a great day whenever you hear this follow the show on social media Facebook Instagram or Twitter, search out Locked On Cougars. Let us know what you guys think of the show, especially via email if you have questions, concerns, comments, advertising inquiries. We're available anytime at, on at gmail.com. That is the email address. And of course you can follow me and DM me if you like at Jacob C hatch on twitter all right that is going to do it for this edition of the locked on cougars podcast now a reminder for you guys to go check out the locked on today podcast following this one it's a 20 minute or less update on all the major sports news out there how did game three in the nba finals go last night if you don't know already get all of that and a whole lot more with the locked on today podcast download it wherever you get your podcast and check it out next. Until tomorrow, have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 12th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys manana.